0: It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning.
1: What is happening, good people of Memphis and the Mid-South? Welcome in to Sports 56 Mornings on this final day of February. Yes, the leap year. It's the Thursday, February 29th, 2024 edition of the program. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale, motors right along. Check out all the great deals at Family Leisure. Special financing always available at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. It is a cold start to your Thursday morning, 36 degrees, and the high only getting up to about 53 today. It'll be cloudy throughout the day. There is a slight chance of a rain shower. About... 15% as far as precipitation today. But then tonight, there is a 75% chance of rain. Rain showers becoming a steady light rain overnight with the low of 42. And then we're looking at a gray Friday. Cloudy with a high of only 55 with a 25% chance of rain. Then the weekend, it warms up. 71 on Saturday. The projected high 75 on Sunday. Coming up on the program today... We'll talk plenty of college basketball and NBA, some big games last night around the country, including in the region and in the SEC in particular, with Ole Miss in action, Tennessee in action as well. We'll talk Tigers as they get set to take on East Carolina tonight in a must-win in Greenville, North Carolina. As I mentioned, we'll talk NBA, the Grizzlies losing in Minnesota, good effort in the first half, and then... Anthony Edwards happened in the second half, specifically the third quarter. We had some great games last night and an amazing finish out on the West Coast between the Lakers and the Clippers. Also, some college football news. The American Conference will release its schedule sometime today. Memphis football will be in search of a new running backs coach after Sean Dawkins gets a new job. And we'll take a look at the NFL and the quarterback situation going into the combine, going into the draft where things stand, which quarterbacks are going to be looked at as franchise quarterbacks when they're selected right off the bat. The days of just sitting around for three years are over in a lot of cases. We'll talk about some of the free agents out there, possible trades that will take place before the draft. David Johnson at 8.05 on Ole Miss. We'll talk basketball, football, probably a little baseball as well. About the Rebels with David Johnson. And then at 925, Michael Wallace from Grind City Media on the Grizzlies and the NBA. That's your lineup for today. You can always hit us up with a comment, a question, a concern on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. You can call in or text in. Good morning. Good morning and happy Leap Day. Happy Leap Day to I, you. What is it, every four years? Is that what the deal is?
2: Yes. Which I A couple things about Leap Day. One, I believe it is the most disrespected day that we actually have on our calendar. Should it be a
1: national holiday?
2: It should be something. Like we just we ho hum it. It only happens once every four years. Like we celebrate all these holidays that happen every year. Like what the day that only happens every four years, like shouldn't it have like shouldn't it have a little special more more special meaning?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I should. A I parade, mean, maybe a leap leap day parade. I mean,
2: it, I, 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 I mean, they're just—it's just they've thrown an extra day on the calendar, and like we just go okay, whatever. Which, which, that's the other part. I don't, for the life of me, understand how the people way back when—I don't know when the leap year, what when they finally when they figured this thing out—but how the hell did they figure out that every four years we needed an extra day in order to keep everything correct on the calendar like that is that It'll, that blows my first of all any all the stuff they figured out like i don't even understand how they how i can't comprehend the stuff that they were figuring out back in the day before any technology but to somehow somebody was like you know what we could do this will this will fix it every fourth year we just throw in an extra day and that should correct all of our issues <laughs> and they go and it was like Makes sense. Let's do it. I'm on board.
1: It was a a day created to make sure we keep Caitlin Clark's records uh, you know, in check. Make sure we know exactly what she's doing. So we make sure we have that extra day.
2: We can't figure out how many teams to put in a college football playoff. It's day years after years of debate of what the correct number of teams in the college football playoff is. These guys, somebody was like, I got it. I figured it out. Just an extra day in February. Just throw an extra day on February. Every four—you not, not, can't do it every three years. That'll screw stuff up still. Every fourth year, we need an extra day, and the entire solar system and everything is aligned perfectly. And you nailed it. The dude nailed it. Well, we have some weird stuff around the world.
1: We have some weird stuff in this country— Hell, we got a groundhog that's telling us if we're going to get six more weeks of winter or early spring. But here's what it says about the leap day or leap year day. I'm reading right out of the definition. i reading the definition. An intercalary date added periodically to create leap years in the Julian and Gregorian calendars. It is the 60th day of a leap year in both Julian and Gregorian calendars and 306 days remain until the end of the leap year. It is the last day of February in leap years, with the exception of seventeen twelve in Sweden. For some reason, uh, they went crazy in Sweden in seventeen twelve. It is also the last day of the meteorological winter in the northern hemisphere and the last day of the meteorological summer in the southern hemisphere in leap years. In other
2: words, I don't know what the hell that means. It was, if I am not mistaken, I I mean, I believe, like basically, they needed, they figured out again. Somebody did. God bless them that they needed this because of the earth's rotation around the sun. Like they needed an extra day every fourth year to make it all line up correctly. And again, I don't know how you figure that out, but God bless them. They did. (laughs) And again, they, apparently they nailed it. We've never questioned it. Like we, we didn't have, you know, after we got all this new technology, nobody went back and was like, you know what? Nah, you guys were wrong. Like this, this is wrong. Like you, Apparently, this dude, whenever again, I don't know when the first one was, absolutely nailed it on the first try. Like, think how amazing that is. You have to applaud Johnny Leap
1: again. He was fantastic to come up with this. Johnny I think it was, Leap think was, it was actually
2: Leaping Lanny Poffo, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> that, that did it. But I, I just, I don't know that. That I've always thought like that just doesn't even make sense that you were somebody was smart enough to figure that out and just absolutely hit it right on the head, was like, done, dropped the mic, and was like, any other solar system or whatever problems you need solved, like, that's the guy, again, we need to solve the college football playoff. He could come in and immediately go, 12, correct number, quit it, stop. Or he, he might come in and be like, tell you what, 18, <laughs> call <laughs> I won't charge you a bunch of a fee. Arbitrary just, numbers. just whatever number he tells you, you go with because he's like the smartest person to ever possibly wander this planet. There's no question about that. Like the dude who figured it out is the smartest dude on the planet, ever. So, in other words, we should
1: have something special every four years on Leap Day.
2: There you should get be back something. To your, your main Again, point, like it's it just, it. we just, we ho hum it. Like it's like, it's February 29th and we just go about our business and nothing changes. It's like, it only happens once every four
1: years. Should all the lads be leaping today like they are during the Christmas holiday, at least for one day? Lads? Lords, rather. Lords. (laughs) Did I say lads? Lords. The lords are leaping. All the lords should be leaping today. Lord the the, singer, spelled differently. The
2: lords might be leaping today. I don't know what the... You should be leaping. I have no idea what the, the lords are doing. Uh, Grizzlies weren't leaping last night. They were for the first
1: half. They lose to the Minnesota Timberwolves, 110 to 101, as the Grizzlies lose their third straight game to start the post-All-Star break portion of the schedule. They're now 20 and 39. So if you're scoring at home, 23 more games for the Grizzlies, as they continue to sit at that 20 mark. Timberwolves improved to 42 and 17. They win back-to-back games. Grizzlies led at the half, 53-50, and I thought, here we go. Here's one of those games. It it didn't happen against Brooklyn on Monday. They got clobbered from the beginning, but the Grizz have played a lot of teams tough, down to the wire, but then Anthony Edwards happened. 17 points in the third quarter alone, 34 for the game. That offsets another big game for Tripp. Jaron Jackson Jr. with 33 points and a career-high 13 rebounds. Zaire Williams had a solid game with 16 points and eight rebounds, but the Grizzlies lose to Minnesota. And now the Grizz will play Portland twice on Friday, meaning tomorrow and Saturday, both at FedEx Forum games that they have a great chance to win, but certainly can lose as it's a battle of two really bad teams. And then Monday the Grizzlies return the favor to Brooklyn after Brooklyn came to Memphis. They will go to the Barclays Center. So if they're trying to avoid being the worst Grizzlies team ever assembled in Memphis, which is 22 wins, if you're going by record, 22 wins three different times, it would probably help them out to to win a game against Portland at least. They're only two away from getting to 22 and three from eclipsing it, but you never know. They could go on... One of those losing streaks, 26 games to end the season.
2: That would be something. Um, don't expect that to happen. But hey, Grizzlies, Portland, back to back. Get your tickets now. I mean, I don't know why you. I mean, it's probably already sold out, but, you know, I, I would be getting on the phone in a hurry to make sure you get your tickets for this one. Why don't I mean, they just. What else do you have to do on a Friday or Saturday night? It's Grizzlies, Portland. This is an important game when it comes down to the NBA Draft Lottery.
1: Just make it a double dip on Friday so you can send Portland back on their merry ways. Just play two Friday Portland. Night. Portland or
2: Ernie Banks, let's play two. Portland can absolutely uh, make sure that there's no chance that the Grizzlies can catch them in lottery odds if they lose both these. They could pretty much lock up That all right, we don't have to worry about the grizzlies anymore. Grizzlies, Grizzlies are ahead of us. They're so far ahead of us they can't, they can't possibly drop this low. We're good with them. We could set our sights on other teams at this point.
1: Here, you take the ball. No, no, you have it. I insist. You take the ball. No, no, no. You you have it. You have the ball. Um, uh, yeah, it's gonna be an interesting uh couple of nights to say the least for the Grizzlies tomorrow night and Saturday, night. Saturday night. We'll talk to Michael Wallace from Grind City Media at 925. Michael is the analyst for a lot of their road games, most of their road games. So I want to pick his brain about how it's been like for him as a broadcaster, traveling with the team, what has he been able to uh, take from uh, this team this year, this depleted team, a bad hand certainly that they were dealt. But what is it like? Because, again, you have players for the most part, guys who are fighting, to get into the rotation, maybe fighting to be a starter, some fighting to be on the team. Who knows what the Grizzlies will do in the offseason, even guys that are under contract. So uh, that's all you can really take from this season. There's some positives in individual performances, like for the most part, the emergence of G.G. Jackson, Vince Williams Jr. People are falling in love with Lamar Stevens. But those are the little positives that you could take out of what has been a, a colossal disaster this year.
2: The, uh, by the way, yesterday we, uh, you brought up the whole NBA wants to somehow reduce the scoring deal. Right. And I gave you some numbers yesterday. And I had a long day yesterday, but I, I did, I, because this thing really sticks in my craw, um, about the NBA and their stupidity. Um, Coming up later, I've got, I've got even more numbers. I, I can illustrate to you exactly why scoring is up, and it's nothing the NBA... They talk about taking back, taking away offensive advantages. It has nothing to do with offensive advantages of why scoring is up in the NBA. I can lay it out perfectly, much like the, same, the guy who figured out the leap day.
1: Well, it doesn't really matter how the scoring is up. The bottom line is for them. And again, for them, not for me, is that it's up. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So last night, I didn't watch the game. I was in bed. I was, sugar plums were dancing in my head. But the Lakers, an epic comeback. In fact, the best comeback in LeBron James' career, as far as most points are concerned. They came back in the fourth quarter, down 21 to their rivals, the Los Angeles Clippers, led by 39-year-young LeBron James, and they beat the Clippers. They stunned the Clippers, 116-112. to 112. Paul George did not play, but Kawhi was in there. Harden was in there. It was still a very potent Clippers team. And they built that 21-point fourth quarter lead. And here comes old man River, LeBron James. He goes for 34, along with Anthony Davis and some other supplementary players, carry the Lakers to a dub.
2: Yeah, pretty incredible comeback. Uh, it's an inexcusable loss by the Clippers. Um, but for the Lakers, every win is important as they try to, to improve their standing um, and get as high as they can when it comes to the play-in. That's probably where they are destined for is the play-in. But um, So a big, big comeback win for them. But for the Clippers, who are you know up there trying to battle at the top of the standings to prove their standing up there and possibly even winning uh, the number one seed in the Western Conference. That's just an inexcusable loss.
1: I like when I see the numbers in the minutes category next to the stars' names, and they're like this. Harden, 40 minutes. Kawhi, 39 minutes. LeBron leading the team, the Lakers, with 37 minutes played. This is a regular season game. As you said, though, we're getting down to the Final 25 or so games, as teams jockey for position for the Lakers, obviously is to stay in the play-in, which I think they're firmly in. I don't see teams from behind the five at the bottom catching the Lakers or the Warriors. But the point is that these guys are playing. They're playing big minutes. They know the importance of of all these games. This is a rivalry game. Um, So this is one that I think um, most fans like because they see the stars, and they see the stars playing big minutes. But this is a Lakers team that I I don't know, I don't expect them to be able to make the run like they did last year. But Anthony Davis, last couple of years, knock on wood for Lakers fans, has been pretty darn healthy. 20 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks, 2 assists, 2 steals. Mentioned LeBron leading the way with 34 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds. But when you have the other starters, the supplementary guys, I like to say, chipping in the way they did, we saw... What Austin Reeves can do last year, 13 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. D'Angelo Russell, 18 points, 6 assists. Rui Hachimura, who was great in the postseason last year, 17 points. When those guys are all doing what they're doing, the Lakers are tough. They don't have the deepest of benches, but I think it's a lot better than what it once was when you got Spencer Dinwiddie, when you got uh, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish. There's some players that could certainly ball that come off the bench. So don't count out the Lakers. I don't think they're as good as four or five teams um, that I won't even rattle off the names. You can probably guess who they are. But certainly when it's the Lakers and it's a healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's more than a puncher's chance.
2: Well, I'll guarantee there's, there will be some teams at the top of the Western Conference standings that when that play-in is going on would love to see the Lakers lose I would agree after what they did last year to get just the idea of going against a team that has LeBron and Anthony Davis you would probably like to avoid that if if possible if the, if they're healthy you'll say you know what I saw what they did last year we'll be fine with any one of those other teams coming out of that play and rather than having to deal with LeBron
1: uh, obviously just a guess on our part but How many more years do you think LeBron plays? He's playing at still such a high level. And I know the whole Bronny James thing. Uh,
2: I think he plays, I I think he'll play maybe two more.
1: Yeah, I think it's two more years. Because I don't think this Bronny James thing, if it happens at all, is happening this next season. And then LeBron went off the other day about letting the kid enjoy... Well, LeBron brings it up a lot himself. So LeBron has himself to blame on that, too. But the narrative is out there. And when it's LeBron's kid, just like for poor Charlie Woods, who's going to be under the microscope his entire life, being the son of Tiger Woods, these things are going to happen. But LeBron has got to throw fuel into the fire.
2: One thing, Charlie Woods will never be as poor.
1: He'll never be as poor.
2: He'll never be poor. No. You said poor Charlie Woods. One thing he'll never be in his life is poor. Not true. Unless if he is... He got he got some real problems.
1: I thought for a second there you were comparing him to like Bronny. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? They're both uh yeah, they're both uh, set for life. Bronny will
2: never be poor either. Nor I don't believe so. I mean again, I don't know. I'm not sure what they're doing <laughs> with their money, but by golly, if those guys ever end up poor, they got a real story on our hands.
1: Unless they're those dads or moms that are millionaire millionaires slash billionaires that decide, yeah, I'm not gonna give anything to my kids. I'm gonna give it all to charity. Or I'm going to give them just a little bit and they're going to have to work their tails off to make their own lives and make their own money. There are some of those people you hear about those stories all the time. All right. Elsewhere in the NBA last night, Cleveland, we were talking about Cleveland yesterday. In second down in the west, in the east rather, behind Boston, they lose to Chicago in a double overtime thriller, 132-123. Game I was interested to see last night was Denver and Sacramento. Could Sabonis hang in there with Jokic? Could Sacramento, one of those good young talented teams in the West, uh, play Denver in Denver tight? Nope. Denver wins one seventeen to ninety six. Just slowly doing their thing. The Denver Nuggets are in the West trying to defend their NBA title. Uh, Indy beat New Orleans one twenty three to one fourteen. New Orleans is again a talented team that I'm just I'm not so sure about them. Uh, Dallas. Gets a win over Toronto, 136-125. to 125. Luka on his birthday, his 25th birthday, he had 30, 16 assists, and 11 rebounds.
2: He's pretty good. Having a pretty good year.
1: He's, he's not too bad. Jokic also had a triple-double in the win for Denver over Sacramento. All right, that's a look at the NBA. When we come back, it's all about college basketball. A lot of interesting games last night that have impact on not only the Conferences they play in in the conference tournaments, but also the NCAA tournament. We will talk about that when we return. And again, we open up the Sports 56 listener lines to you. You can call in or text in at 901-360-8255. We'll talk Tigers in East Carolina, as well as we preview their matchup tonight in Greenville. Plus, take a look at what happened in the American conference last night. Right now, I want to tell you about All-Star Chevrolet in Olive Branch, Mississippi. If you're ready for a new Silverado, All-Star Chevy, has financing down to 2.9 for 72 months or up to 5,000 in cash. Plus, you make no payments for 90 days. You got to love all these great vehicles they have for you at All Star Chevrolet. Not only the Silverados, but the Equinox, the Trailblazers, the Tahoes. These are terrific vehicles. You're going to love seeing the All Star lot and showroom loaded up again. And if you want pre owned, everything you need is right there. On the lot or in the showroom at All-Star Chevrolet, Ram trucks, Jeeps, Nissan Rogues, and the Traverse with that third row seating so you can do more together. Where are you going for Easter this year or spring break? What are you driving? Having a beautiful, beautiful Traverse from All-Star Chevrolet and Olive Branch. Military, teachers, college students, healthcare workers, you get an extra $500 bonus when you purchase a vehicle from All-Star Chevrolet. And at All-Star, again, they have pretty much everything you're looking for. If there's a particular vehicle, you don't see it on the lot, just ask Jeff or Kevin, and they will work their tails off to find it for you. Remember, it's not South Haven, not Mount Moriah, not Bartlett, not Collierville. It's got to be Olive Branch. Come on out to All-Star Chevy and Olive Branch today, or go to allstarautogroup.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
0: Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin For Wolo and Friends Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 Here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM Now, back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket, going Jingle. Like
1: Welcome back, everyone. 728 on, is the time. Caitlin Clark rain, broke another time record time, last night, surpassing Lynette Woodard's all time scoring all-time mark. In, I and. Now the sights set on Pistol Pete. So the question now for Caitlin Clark and our buddy Adam Zagori, a friend of the show, wrote about this, that she'll have an option to come back and play for Iowa again for another year or go to the WNBA draft where I would imagine she's going to be the number one overall pick. With the NIL and the money she can make from that and what the salaries are for the WNBA, which is, is not where it should be, I wonder if she stays.
2: She might. I don't know what... Um, I'm, I know she's doing well in NIL. I don't know exactly how much money she's making, but certainly might make more money. Um, or, you know, make enough to, to make it worth her while.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what she's bringing in, but my gosh, the, the talk of Caitlin Clark uh, around the sports world uh, it, every time you turn on the television, on ESPN, you, you go to any kind of basketball sites. So it's a lot of exposure. But is it exposure where companies want her to endorse products and things of that nature? WNBA salaries in 2023 maxed out at 235000 The average league salary, 113295 The minimum just above $62,000. Wow. So you would think that as big a name as she has become, she has a good chance, if she's not already doing so, of making more money from endorsements and sponsorships through NIL than that salary.
2: Yeah, but a lot of those endorsements would carry over to the WNBA. That's too. the question. So, yeah. like, she's still making that money plus the salary.
1: Yes, but do you want to continue to make that money while going to school where you are a dominating player in women's basketball? Or are you ready to take your shot at trying to become a dominating player in the WNBA, which is going to be a lot tougher because all the stars from women's basketball that play in college have moved on to the WNBA. Maybe She's not as good as a pro as she has been in college, one of the greats of all time. But maybe she is. And maybe she goes in there and she's ready to rock and roll and go up against the best and be the best. So that's something that' I'm going to be interested to see. I mean, I'm not I did a w I, I did a uh, women's game last night over at the University of Memphis. I enjoy it. Um, you know, the product at times can be sloppy, but at other times it can be really good. And certainly, I enjoy watching that young lady play. Like, I I, I enjoy a lot of women's basketball players. I, I enjoy Angel Reese battling for LSU. I enjoy others. But at the WNBA level, you could get exposed if you're just one of those players that have excelled to an unbelievable degree in college, but when you hit the pros, may not be as good. I don't know. All right, last night, college basketball. You were in Oxford. You did a baseball game in the afternoon and then watched a good portion of the Ole Miss game against Alabama. And it looked for a while there that Ole Miss was going to win that game, but then Alabama put it in another gear, and the 14th-ranked tied, end up winning by 15, pulling away in the end, 103-88. to 88. That drops Ole Miss to 19-9 and 6-9 and and in conference play. Mark Sears leading Alabama with 26 points. But Ole Miss losing home games to very good teams, but losing home games nonetheless to South Carolina and Alabama. Is really crippling that resume.
2: Yeah, they, um, you know, they they've lost six out of seven. Um, you know, the the last five minutes of the first half, first five minutes of the second half, completely flipped that game. Ole Miss, you know, was fourteen up with five minutes to go in the first half. Alabama closes strong, only down three at the half. Then five minutes in the second half, Alabama's up eight. Um, Just completely flipped the game in those that part, and uh, uh, Ole Miss was able to come back and tie it. But then, I mean, Alabama's just relentless, and they just they just keep coming at you. They got so many guys who can shoot it. Um, Sears is incredible, Um, and so it's just hard to keep up with them. Um, And and I, you know, Ole Miss just and probably doesn't have the firepower uh, to keep up. With them, and one of the things for Ole Miss in this stretch, Juju Murray, early in the year, um, was incredible, and he was he was shooting the ball extremely well. Uh, certainly, Memphis fans know all about that what he did to them at the end of that game. But he was he was knocking down threes. He was at forty five percent, I believe, from three point range um, before this stretch here. In the six losses in these seven games, the only way they have is Missouri. Um, they beat Missouri, and in that game, he was four for eight from three-point range. But in the six losses in this seven-game stretch, he's three for 27 from three-point range. Um, he is, for whatever reason just struggled to find his three-point shot here i would assume part of it is that defenses are playing him differently like they're like wait a second this guy could shoot he wasn't known as this great shooter coming in so i'm sure that defenses have made adjustments like okay we that's we can't let that guy shoot um and so they've made it more difficult obviously he's a small guy too so i'm certainly they're able to take that away but um with him not being able to find that three point shot, like they're just not enough offensive weapons on that team, and so it's it's really tough for them to keep up with a team like Alabama. Again, they they put up eighty eight last like night. Flanagan kind of did whatever he wanted to do. Morel was was really good. Brakefield had a good night. And as Chris Beard said after the game, like we could kind of do what we wanted to do offensively, but Alabama is just so hard to stop because they've got so many different shooters on that team.
1: Yeah, they went 15 of 37. Bama did from three-point range. That's 40.5 percent. You mentioned Flanagan 28, Brakefield at 21 for Ole Miss, but they give up 103. So Ole Miss has remaining. Mizzou on the road, winless in the conference. Georgia on the road, okay, okay team certainly with Mike White, and then Texas A&M at home, who took another loss yesterday, and their season has gone right down the old toilet. Ole Miss should win. They better win all three. But I think they sh- they'll, I'm not going to say they will, but they should win those three. You make a little bit of a run into the conference tournament, get to the semifinals. They could be on the on the good side of the bubble. But right now, I think most of the projections have them on the bad side of the bubble after these two games, which again, it's, Nothing to be ashamed of to lose to South Carolina and to Alabama, but you lose at home. And I said before they were going into these two games that they really needed to win one of those. It doesn't mean they're not going to um, not make the tournament, but they certainly I put themselves, I think, in a tough situation to get into the dance.
2: Yeah, I mean, you lose six out of seven. <laughs> this time of year, that's not good for bubble purposes.
1: I I think this year... I still think this year is sort of gravy. It's Chris Beard's first year. you got to give him a little chance. The team played exceptionally well earlier in the season. And I don't know what the expectations are from Ole Miss fans with basketball. They expect now that they're going to win and win a lot more with Chris Beard at the helm. But this first year, I think certainly it's, in my opinion, it's, um, you know, if you made the tournament, that's great. If not I didn't expect him to make it before the season started. They wouldn't have been a team from the SEC that I picked to go to the NCAA tournament. But that shows you really how good Chris Beard is as an X's and O's guy. He gets the best out of these players. All right, Tennessee-Auburn, big showdown on the hill. Tennessee leads. Auburn comes back, takes the lead. Tennessee grabs the lead. Auburn comes back. But Tennessee in the end, just too much firepower and they beat Auburn in a battle of top 25 teams, 92 to 84. As Dalton Connect has another huge game. He did a lot of connecting in that game, 39 points.
2: Yeah, I, you know, again, I watched Sears last night, and Sears was really good, um, and, and Alabama's good. But I, I mean, if Connect hasn't wrapped up player of the year in the SEC, he's really darn close to it. <laughs> that dude is. I mean, he outscored Auburn over, I don't know how many the last minutes of that game, but he outscored Auburn by himself. Uh, he is, he's been just absolutely incredible. Um, and to think they got that guy from Northern Colorado to come in and probably going to be SEC Player of the Year, just, it's really amazing. Do you like, who
1: do you like better as projecting into the pros? Reed Shepard or Dalton Connect?
2: Oh, Dalton Connect.
1: Even though Reed Shepard has been rumored to be top ten,
2: yeah, again, I, I, connect, I've said, I don't I've said, see him anywhere uh,
1: near top ten. Uh,
2: some people have connect oh, up there in the okay. mid, you know, the teens. Okay, the I, there's a wide. I got to get a lot of these guys. This was the draft this year. There, there's a wide range of opinion on a lot of these guys um, when it comes to mock drafts, all of that stuff. Again, Shepard uh, younger, um, which helps him as far as NBA circles are concerned. I said along, I don't. I am not big as far as Reed Shepard goes in the NBA. I could be completely wrong on him, but i don't I don't like and again he was unbelievable the other night now that you watch that game, you go, okay, now I can see it. And Shepard's shooting like fifty percent from three pointers. you could flat out shoot it. There's no doubt about that, but I um among those two, i would I would go with Connect.
1: Yeah, the question would be for Shepard, can he create his own shot at the NBA level? South Carolina last night, 18th ranked, went into College Station, beat Texas A&M 70 to 68. Again, A&M has just imploded. They are now 15 and 13 overall, six and nine in the conference. So after last night's action, Tennessee, Alabama tied for the lead at 12 and three. South Carolina at 11 and four. Then Florida and Kentucky, along with Auburn, now 10 and five, as they are all two games out, but battling again for that double by in the SEC.
2: Doug uh texts in, he says uh that Connect it was the last twelve minutes of that game that Connect outscored Auburn twenty-five to twenty-one. Jeez. <laughs> That's... When
1: the game was on the line, he came through.
2: And you know, I unless he like unless they lose the rest of their games and he's terrible and Sears continues to go crazy. Like I just don't see any way he's not the conference player of the year. That the the three headed monster of him Ziegler and Adu. I mean that 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 could again they could end up being a one scene. Um, they are a legit Final Four national championship level team. I mean this is a great opportunity for Rick Barnes to put some of the demons behind him with this team.
1: Yeah, I talked about them yesterday and in previous days. To me, if they win the big tw- the the uh, excuse me the uh, SEC championship I, I, again, we got to look at what North Carolina is doing in the ACC tournament, but I think if Tennessee wins the tournament championship in the SEC, they deserve to get that fourth number one. I, I really believe they're that good. Oh, you know who else is good? Vegas. I had Auburn plus seven and a half. That was the line. Too many points. I, I, I was taking Tennessee to win, but I go, man, Auburn plus seven and a half? Bruce Pearl returning back to Knoxville. It's going to be tight, and Tennessee in the end wins it by eight. Eight points. The line, seven and a half. Vegas right on again. In the American Conference, the Tigers travel to East Carolina tonight. Before we talk about that game, what happened last night? UAB loses at home to Wichita State 74-66. So it's not over yet for Memphis to get one of the top four spots. It's still going to be extremely tough. They still need help, and they still need to win their final three, which would include a week from Saturday winning in Boca against Florida Atlantic. But they got a little favor there from Wichita State taking out UAB, who Memphis will play Sunday on Senior Day at FedEx
2: Forum. Yeah, that's huge for them. If they, if they beat UAB Sunday, they, they that probably means they will finish ahead of UAB. Um, so then you just got to find one other team that you can pass.
1: Now, how does that work? Because they would have split two in the regular season.
2: Um well they I mean it will like UAB could very well lose another like UAB. Well, oh yeah, if they I'd lose say, another. But if they're tied, I think UAB gets the nod. Well UAB has the win over South Florida, which right. is a big win for them. But right. but if you beat them, there's a you got a good chance of finishing ahead of them. Um the you know you got but you still would even have to have to fight another team that you could pass um and so you're you're still you still need help because you're not playing those right. other teams in front of you i th- i think that loss by UAB secures USF as the number 1 seed for the tournament i guess Charlotte might theoretically still be able to Past that, they play Charlotte on Saturday. But certainly, if USF wins one more game against anybody, they have secured that. But I think the UAB loss may have technically secured that. But but there might still be a mathematical equation that allows Charlotte, if the other teams finish in a correct order, that Charlotte could still technically win the conference regular season title.
1: North Texas went to New Orleans and beat Tulane eighty to seventy six. And so North Texas is right on the heels of Memphis. They are eight and seven, but Memphis at nine and six as they both have three games remaining. But the Tigers now pulled within one of SMU and UAB. Again, if they beat UAB on Sunday and everything else stays the same, they win the rest of their games. UAB wins the rest of their games. I think UAB, because of that went over South Florida, in fact, I'm positive, would get the nod over Memphis, but they could lose another game. And then SMU, that's going to be tough because SMU, um, Although they split with Memphis as well, so I'd have to figure out where that stands. But SMU having beaten Memphis, um, it's not a point. I don't think it's – it may get down to a point differential or something like that with the teams. But pretty much I think the way they settled is if they split their season series, then it goes to how they fared against the highest – team in the standings, the top team in the standings, and that would be USF, and obviously Memphis had lost to USF. I'm not sure where SMU stands, but they lost, I would imagine, too, because USF only has the one loss.
2: Um, See, SMU SMU and UAB play the final week of the regular season, too, so that kind of Hurts slash helps. It's, if you may, it may be good. where You might need one of them to beat the other, and it works out for you. But it may come out of you you need them both to lose, and that obviously can't happen. Um, so that one, you have to, to to wait and see. It also could end up in a three or four way tie, and then you got to sort through all of that stuff to try to figure out who comes out of that.
1: Yeah, I don't know all those tie breaks, but Charlotte's got four losses. Florida Atlantic's got four losses. Obviously, Memphis beat Charlotte, and has beaten Florida Atlantic. So if they are able to beat, I'm talking about Memphis here, beat Florida Atlantic, of course, that would be the last game of the regular season. We'll know where they stand going in. Florida Atlantic loses another one somewhere, and they're tied. Memphis would get the nod having beaten Florida Atlantic twice. And if Memphis and Charlotte somehow are tied, and again, Charlotte is a two-game lead on Memphis right now, then Memphis would also get the edge over Charlotte. Again, we're talking about getting the top one of the top four seeds in the American Conference Men's Basketball Tournament. That would give you the double bye. But the Tigers tonight in action. We'll talk more about that when we return as they'll take on East Carolina.
2: This time of our program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, their Corner of White Station, and Quince. Go by, see them. Anything you need to get those projects done around the home, they've got it for you. The big green egg, they're a platinum dealer. That's the best grill there is, or the last grill you'll ever need to buy. The big green egg and all the egg accessories, they've got it right there. Right when you walk in the door, they got the big setup there with all their grills. And very prominent is the big green egg with all the different sizes, all the accessories right there on the wall. You can check it out. And uh, if you have any questions, they certainly could help you with that. If you have any questions about anything, trying to find anything in the store, just talk to that great staff. They will help you find whatever it is that you are looking for at East Memphis Ace Hardware.
1: This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
2: Broadcasting from the
0: Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy.
1: We'll be talking some NFL, some college football to open up hour number two. And then... David Johnson at 825, who covers Ole Miss for 247 Sports and CBS Sports. Uh, Somebody texted me, wanted me to clarify with Caitlin Clark, the record she just broke last night as opposed to the other record she broke. The record she had broke previously was the all-time NCAA women's basketball mark for career points, and that was Kelsey Plum. The record she broke last night was the record that was held by Lynette Woodard Who played in the final years of AIAW before it became NCAA for the women? That was 77 to 81. She had 3,649 points. So, again, surpassed by Caitlin Clark in front of 14,625 at Williams Arena at the University of Iowa. Huge crowd. Uh, The crowd won't be as big tonight in Greenville, Eli. I don't expect 14,000 at Minji's.
2: Uh, I I would guess probably slightly fewer.
1: But the question we asked of assistant coach Andy Borman and the question that we've posed on this show this week, the Tigers have a – this is the quintessential sandwich game. But because of the importance of knowing you better win, and that doesn't even guarantee you anything, but if you win the last three in the regular season, have a great run in the conference tournament, come up a little short – Maybe even Jerry Palm said yesterday, you know, don't count it out yet, even though he still thinks it will be tough, but it gives the Tigers a funny chance. So, knowing that, you would think these players would be focused in, but when you are focused, but when you have a game like Florida Atlantic and then a revenge game on Sunday against UAB where it's senior day, and right sandwiched right in the middle was that game at East Carolina, you can kind of lose focus. So, the question is. Will they or won't they? 6 o'clock tonight, ESPN 2. I'm sure the coaches have warned them every which way about having that letdown. But now it's up to the players to go in there and execute. And they should be able to take care of business if they execute their game. If they play the way they played the last two games, it won't be a problem. But if they struggle a little bit, East Carolina is certainly capable. They're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination, but a capable team of knocking off the Tigers.
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, at this point, obviously, everybody we know is capable of beating the Tigers just as much as the Tigers are capable of beating everyone. East Carolina is legitimately one of the worst shooting teams in America, um, no matter where they shoot it from, whether that be the free throw line, two-point range or three-point range. uh, They are really bad. Um, So it's a team that you should beat, certainly, but... um, you can't just go in there and sleepwalk through it either. You're going to have to actually go out and play uh, play some good basketball, take care of business, and move on. That's that's what it's got to be about. Um, they have to remain in desperation mode. That's what they should be in. They, they have to win every game at this point. So um, they hopefully will go out and play in desperation mode. And if they do that, they should take care of East Carolina.
1: And I assume that Malcolm Dandridge, or we would know by now if he was on the plane, is not with them in Greenville. I doubt very much we're going to see Malcolm Dandridge uh, Sunday. I I don't think we see him probably the rest of the season. I have no idea. That's just purely speculation. Um, it, It has lingered now from knowing what was going on last week sometime, the school then releasing a statement on Saturday, Malco not playing Sunday against Florida Atlantic. And here we are on Thursday and still no word. So whether or not that investigation is still going on, they've wrapped it up. They haven't announced anything. I have no idea. I just can't imagine that this thing is, is that, I mean, the, the worry is that the longer it goes, the more widespread it possibly can be. I I, I don't know if you put two and two together and come up with that, but, um, Certainly fans are hoping that this thing could be quickly nipped in the bud because, of a, as I've talked about, if this is a rogue incident, this is one guy, bad decisions, academic fraud, whatever the case is, that's one thing. If it's other players, other players from other sports, then it's widespread. That's a big problem. So I, I don't know where we stand. Obviously, Jeff Crane was on with us Tuesday. He couldn't give us any more information with an ongoing investigation I I just can't imagine that this thing will linger too much longer but with Malco it's anybody's guess whether or not uh, he has played his last play for the University of Memphis in now his fifth year in a year in which he wasn't sure if he's going to come back decided late in the summer to do so and has played arguably his best basketball of his collegiate career
2: yeah, I, I would assume that the investigation is still going on. I would not think that this would be a really quick investigation.
1: You uh, think it's a? Uh, it would be a long, tedious um,
2: investigation. More than a, a few days. Yes.
1: Well, I think you 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 know the the academic advisor, Malcolm Dandridge, right in the center of it. You know they. Uh, I don't know once you talk to them if you're not going to be able to gather that more much more information. I would think you would be. And then from that point on, Memphis has not made any kind of an announcement as far as holding back any other players, which is good news. So I would imagine that everybody that's healthy is able to go if needed at East Carolina. So, again, that's the good news that you haven't heard any more. Na- You've heard rumors out there. But so far, none of that has come to fruition. It's been one player, one name, and that has been it so far. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, as I mentioned, we got some football news. The Memphis Tigers lose a coach just a couple of weeks before spring football begins. And we'll talk about the NFL and the quarterback situation. The combine is going on in Indianapolis. The draft is right around the corner. What moves can be made? Who's going where? We'll discuss that on the program. And then David Johnson will join us to talk all things Ole Miss at 825. Again, we'll take your calls and texts during segments that we don't have a guest. That's 901-360-8255. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 at 98.5 FM.